European Heart Journal, Case Reports 2020. I'm Sophia Katak, podcast editor. Today I'll be talking about a case report by Alexander Hilt, Ingborg Razin, Martin Schilich and Mariek Werner from Leiden University Medical Centre, Netherlands. Titled To Treat or Not to Treat, Left Ventricular Thrombus in a Patient with Cerebral Amyloid Angiopathy, a case report. Left ventricular thrombus formation is a common complication in patients with a large anterior wall infarction. Guidelines suggest that in these patients anticoagulant should be started and continued up to six months guided by resolution of thrombus on repeat imaging. This is because LV thrombus has an increased risk of resulting in cardioembolic stroke, resulting in morbidity and mortality. In clinical practice, however, the choice and duration of therapy is variable, depending on the bleeding risk. This is because treatment can be hazardous in patients with increased risk of hemorrhagic complications. A 66-year-old patient with no cardiac history presented with a one-day history of atypical chest pain radiating to the jaw. Her past medical history included surgical removal of superficial melanoma on two prior occasions with no evidence of metastatic spread. She also suffered from memory impairment since five years and had recently been diagnosed with probable cerebral amyloid angiopathy. Her physical examination was completely unremarkable. Admission ECG showed sinus rhythm with ST segment elevation in leads V2 to V6. Blood tests revealed a raised serum troponin with a peak of 131 nanograms per litre, normal value being less than 14. Based on these findings, she was diagnosed as having ST elevation myocardial infarction and was taken to the catheter laboratory immediately. Coronary angiogram was performed using right radio approach. Left anterior descending artery was found to be the culprit, showing 100% obstruction in the distal segment. Two 2.5 by 16 millimeter drug eluting stents were placed with restoration of tinny 2 flow. The remaining coronary arteries were unobstructed. Contrast echocardiogram revealed severely impaired LV function with ejection fraction of 35% with hypokinesia of the anterior wall and akinesia of apical segments and aneurysm formation. No obvious LV thrombus was found in the study. The patient was treated with dual antiplatelets such as aspirin and clopidogrel as well as statin, a beta blocker and an angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor. A repeat outpatient echocardiogram showed the LV function stable at 35% but with an LV thrombus. A neurological opinion was sought given the history of cerebral amyloid angiopathy and increased risk of hemorrhagic events. A joint decision was made to stop the dual antiplatelets and start apixaban 5mg twice daily. Unfortunately, the patient suffered an ischemic stroke one year later, thought to be caused by the LV thrombus. After ruling out new intracerebral hemorrhage or hemosiderosis on brain MRI, apixaban was switched to a vitamin K antagonist called fenprocumon. No complications or adverse events were reported at follow-up. Cerebral amyloid angiopathy is characterized by the deposition of amyloid beta peptide combined with degenerative changes in the capillaries, arterioles and small and medium-sized arteries of the cerebral cortex, leptomeninges and cerebellum.
Cerebral amyloid angiopathy has a wide clinical presentation, most commonly presenting with lobar intracerebral hemorrhage and cognitive decline. The diagnosis is made using the modified Boston criteria, which comprises combined clinical, imaging and pathological parameters. Cerebral amyloid angiopathy patients have somewhere between 37 and 74% of all non-traumatic intracerebral hemorrhages. This makes anticoagulation decisions difficult in these patients. They also have a high recurrence of intracerebral hemorrhages with an average recurrence rate of 9% per year. The frequently used has bled score is not suitable for predicting intracerebral hemorrhages in this patient group. Anticoagulation decision is made using evaluation of clinical symptoms and the MRI findings. For instance, a patient with probable cerebral amyloid angiopathy with a history of lobar intracerebral hemorrhage is considered a high risk of treatment-related intracerebral hemorrhages compared to those without prior lobar intracerebral hemorrhage. Additionally, the authors specifically highlight the importance of cortical superficial siderosis on MRI, its presence and extent being deemed the most important prognostic risk factor for intracerebral hemorrhage recurrence. Although recurrent intracerebral hemorrhage poses a potential life-threatening risk in cerebral amyloid angiopathy patients, an LV thrombus can result in systemic embolization in 10-40% cases. ESC advises oral anticoagulation therapy for up to six months, guided by repeat echocardiography. In those with LV thrombus caused by myocardial infarction, consideration of bleeding risk and need for additional antiplatelet therapy is evaluated. Although vitamin K antagonist is currently licensed as the treatment of choice for LV thrombus, prospective randomized data on the best anticoagulation regime, duration, and strategy of combination with antiplatelet agents is lacking. A paper published in 2020 by Iqbal et al. was a retrospective observational cohort study looking at warfarin versus direct oral anticoagulants in patients diagnosed with LV thrombus. No difference was found in the rates of systemic thromboembolism, resolution of thrombus, or bleeding between patients in the two groups. The randomized Avaro study showed that apixaban compared with aspirin was associated with a reduction of embolic infarctions in AF patients not suitable for vitamin K antagonist treatment without an increase in the number of microbleeds. In management of non-valvular AF, DOAC compared to vitamin K antagonists have demonstrated greater safety and similar efficacy at reducing rates of thromboembolism. Unfortunately, the patient still developed ischemic stroke on DOAC, after which her treatment was changed to vitamin K antagonist after MDT discussion between neurology and cardiology teams. This case report highlights an interesting dilemma that we frequently face with anticoagulation treatment in patients with ACS and LV thrombus complicated by comorbidities that increase the risk of intracerebral hemorrhage. Recent literature recommends the multidisciplinary heart-brain team in making these complex decisions using expert opinion as well as clinical and radiological findings of each individual case. The author suggests the following learning points. Cerebral amyloid angiopathy is an important cause of cognitive impairment and spontaneous lobar intracerebral hemorrhage in older individuals. Treatment of LV thrombus in cerebral amyloid angiopathy patients comes with two dilemmas. 
significant intracerebral bleeding risk with treatment versus high risk of embolic stroke with no treatment. Evidence regarding safe therapeutic options such as the administration of DOAC is scarce in this patient population. A multidisciplinary approach with cardiologists and neurologists as much as shared decision-making with patient and family are essential in determining a deliberate treatment strategy. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal case reports podcasts. References and original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt.